You're listening to the Kirk and Tillich Herald, a Cune Review recording service podcast, brought to you by our team of volunteers currently recording from their homes across Scotland. Whether you're listening via the BWBF online players, the telephone app, or our brand new Alexa skill, please phone us on 0141 772 3976 to feedback on what you want us to provide and improve upon. Please also join your family and friends in being our audio ambassadors and share our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram all at QNReview. That's at symbol C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. This week's edition of the Kirk and Tillich and Bishop Briggs Herald podcast is published on Wednesday the 7th of September 2022. Major projects are all still on track. Read by Ian McKenna. Eastern Bartonshire Council's major capital projects remain on track, according to a new report. The first phase of construction for the new Buckler Academy is complete and phase two, which involves the demolition of the old school as well as completion of sports pitches, external space and car parks in the new school, is due to be completed by June. Allender Leisure Centre remains on track, with current tasks including tiling the pool, internal partitions, a mechanical and electrical installation. The surrounds and car parks are due to be finished in November. Work is progressing well in constructing the new additional support needs scale in Kirkintilloch, with the steel structure complete, along with stairs and decking. It is due to be completed by June 2023. The project to provide a new grass pitch at Lucky Park in Kirkintilloch is almost complete, with some maintenance visits to be carried out. Kirkintilla Community Sports Complex is also progressing well, with external works and the new changing pavilion currently underway. The main contractor for the Lennoxtown High Park project has been changed and this is currently undergoing feasibility studies prior to a planning application being submitted, which is expected this year. Refurbishment of Brookwood Villa is imminent following the completion of commercial negotiations. Once the project is completed, the building is expected to be leased to a community trust. The contractor for Phase 2 of the Mavis Valley project has also changed and similarly this is going to undergo feasibility studies. The new Bears Den, Balmudi and Mulgai primary schools are all in pre-construction with teams carrying out sur- surveys, engaging with stakeholders and preparing funding bids. The replacement Westerton primary school is also in pre-construction and a main contractor and project design team have been appointed, as is also the case for Twicker Outdoor Pursuit Centre, where negotiations are underway with a third-party landowner to arrange surveys. The update was provided to the Council's Policy and Resources Committee at a recent meeting along with those councillors in attendance. This week in history. September the 7th, 1901, the Peace of Peking ended the Boxer Rising in China, on this day last year, the Wire actor Michael K. Williams was found dead aged 54 at his home in Brooklyn. September the 8th, 1966, the Severn Bridge was officially opened by the Queen. September 9, 1963, Scotland's Jim Cart becomes the world's youngest motor racing champion. On this day last year, two teachers in England made the shortlist for the world's best teacher award which included prize money of one million US dollars. September the 10th, 1965, 
Yale University published a map purporting to show that the Vikings discovered America in the 11th century. On this day last year, Anne McPartland and Declan Donnelly won the Best TV Presenter Prize at the National Television Awards for a 20th consecutive time. September 11, 1928. The world's first television play was transmitted live by station WGY in New York. The Queen's Messenger, a 40-minute transmission, had only two characters, but there were four actors, as old-fashioned cameras could not be moved around. September 12, 1970. Concord landed at Heathrow Airport for the first time to a barrage of complaints about noise. Strikes are suspended. Strike action planned by Eastern Bartonshire Waste Workers and School Support Staff has been suspended following a revised pay offer. Waste and recycling workers had planned to walk out from yesterday, Tuesday, September the 6th, until Tuesday, September the 13th, while school staff are due to take strike action from today, Wednesday, September the 7th, until Friday, September the 9th. However, after days of intense negotiations with First Minister Nicola Sturgeon, Deputy First Minister John Swinney and COSLA, trade unions have now secured an improved offer that they will put to their members with a recommendation to accept. The offer includes an increase of £2,000 for those earning up to £20,500, an increase of £1,925 for those earning between £20,500 to £39,000, a 5% increase for those earning between £39,000 and £60,000, a maximum increase of £3,000 for those earning above £60,000, the removal of SSSC fees for application, social care registration fees, one extra day's annual leave. Eastern Partnership Council announced through their med- social media site all waste and recycling services will resume as normal next week and schools and early years facilities will remain open. Commenting on the new pay offer for local government workers from COSLA, SDUC General Secretary Ross Foyer said, Unions work. This offer could not have been possible without the solidarity of our collective movement. As it should be, it's now up to the members whether to accept this proposal. We're facing the gravest cost of living emergency seen for generations. Whether there is political will to do so, instigated by Scotland's workers and with the assistance of political leaders, the Scottish Government can indeed intervene to help those most in need. Other workers across the public services will welcome this precedent as they too seek pay justice in the face of the cost of living crisis. We intend to make this loud and clear at our cost of living pay march outside the Scottish Parliament on Thursday. The union added that more than half of Scotland's 250,000 council workers are earning less than £25,000 a year for a 37-hour week. Pupils step out as recorded by Hunter MacDonald. Teams from Bishop Briggs Academy and St Ninian's High School at Kirkintilloch joined around 1,500 walkers who stepped out to support a Glasgow cancer charity recently. More than £53,000 has been raised so far by walkers who took part in Beatson Cancer Charity's 9th annual 10k walking event off the Beatson track on Sunday, August 28th. Hundreds of walkers brought their dogs to join them on the route, who made use of the Beatson Doggo Station, which provided water and treats before the walk began. A total of £750,000 over the years to help support thousands of current and former Beatson patients and their families. 
Walkers left the Riverside Museum in waves, making their way to the Beaks and West of Scotland Cancer Centre, along the River Kelvin, past Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and back to the Riverside to finish. Police re-arrest Tory councillor. A former co-leader of Eastern Bartonshire Council has been charged by police over alleged financial crimes. Police Scotland confirmed that Andrew Paulson has now been charged after he was arrested and released pending further inquiries in June, the BBC has reported. The 50-year-old Tory councillor for Bearsden South stood as a candidate in last year's Scottish elections and was the co-leader of Eastern Bartonshire Council until May this year. He also serves as a director of the Christian community radio station Revival FM. Mr Paulson was suspended by the Scottish Conservative Party in June. He was previously named in a separate civil court action by a woman who claimed he had breached her trust. In legal papers, the woman, 68, claimed Mr Paulson had persuaded her to let him manage her finances and used her money to buy property for himself. A Police Scotland spokesperson said, A 50-year-old man has been arrested and charged on Tuesday 30th of August 2022 in connection with a series of financial crimes. A report has been submitted to the Procurator Fiscal. During the most recent Holyrood elections, Mr Paulson stood as a candidate when he ran for the Conservatives in Strathkelvin and Bearsden, losing to Rona Mackay of the SNP. When asked about the case earlier this year, Paulson claimed that, due to a confidentiality clause, he could make no comment. Read by Alan Todd. Scottish Child Payment is making a positive impact. Green MSP Ross Greer has welcomed the positive impact of the Scottish Child Payment for families in Eastern Bartonshire. This follows the publication of figures that show that, by March 31st, 2022, the families of 1,345 children in Eastern Bartonshire had benefited from the weekly payments. The payment was introduced in February 2021. In April 2022, it was doubled to £20 a week. That means it is now worth over £1,000 a year for every eligible child. It will increase again in December to £25 a week as part of the Scottish Government's efforts to tackle the cost of living crisis and reduce child poverty. Ross Greer, the Green MSP for the West of Scotland, said, With soaring inflation, skyrocketing energy bills and the recent UK Government cuts to universal credit, introduction of the Scottish Child Payment has been a vital lifeline for families across Scotland. I'm proud that we're providing over £1,000 a year worth of support for every eligible child. It was a key commitment of the cooperation agreement I negotiated between the Scottish Government and the Scottish Greens. The payment has already made a big difference to parents and children in Eastern Bartonshire, whether it is extra money for essentials like food and nappies, or allowing them to go for days out that they wouldn't otherwise be able to. To find out if your family is eligible for the Scottish Child Payment, visit www.mygov.scot slash scottish hyphen child hyphen payment slash how hyphen to hyphen apply or call 0800 182 2222 that's 0800 182 2222 Brain bleed accessed via her wrist. A community care worker is on the road to recovery following brain surgery performed through her wrist. Carla Hogg, 24, 
suffered a ruptured brain aneurysm while out running errands earlier this year. Luckily, she was found by cordial workers and was blue-lighted to the Queen Elizabeth University Hospital, QEH, QEUH, where doctors performed immediate coiling surgery, which involved accessing her brain via her wrist to stop the bleeding, saving her life in the process. Unfortunately, follow-up precautionary scans revealed another two aneurysms. To avoid a repeat of her first rupture, doctors opted to operate via a method which involved entering via Carla's wrist to access her brain. The process saw doctors use a network of arteries to feed through a catheter transporting a tiny flexible mesh tube called a stent towards the aneurysm. The stent, which comes in a range of sizes, was loaded into the very end of the catheter. On reaching the aneurysms, the stents were positioned in a manner which diverted the flow of blood away from the aneurysm, helping minimise the chance of further rupture. By using this minimally invasive technique, surgeons avoided having to open Carla's skull to operate, which meant she avoided associated risks, and her recovery time vastly improved, allowing her to go home the next day after her follow-up procedures. Carla was on the phone to her dad, James, 67, when the initial rupture occurred. She said, I was using hands-free to speak to my dad as I drove to the shop and I suddenly started slurring my words. The only other thing I can remember was the feeling of blood rushing from my head down my body. Luckily, I had time to pull the car in before I blacked out. Carla was put into an induced coma and her family told to prepare for the worst ahead of the life-saving surgery. However, thanks to the work of the surgeons involved at the time, followed by the preventative surgery, Carla is already looking to get back to work. Working as a care worker for Cordia, she makes a valuable contribution to looking after the elderly and is keen to get back into the role as soon as possible. She added, It's hard to get my head around having brain surgery to being back on my feet so fast. The staff at the QEUH have been absolutely amazing. I'm, an, I'm, I'm a natural warrior and my doctor, Wazim, has been there at every step to answer all of my questions and look after my care. Wazim Azath, consultant in international neuroradiology, has more than five years experience treating aneurysms and Carla is one of a large number of patients himself and the neuro team have been able to look after by performing stent and coil surgery from the wrist. Wazim said, using this type of technology to look after patients like Carla is game-changing. It's a hugely effective means of treating a brain aneurysm and allows the patients to mobilise early and go home the following day, minimising procedural risks and in a position where we know their chances of another rupture are minimised. Peel Park revamped. Some of Peel Park's best known features have been restored to their former glory thanks to a £75,000 revamp, revamp by Eastern Bartonshire Council. The Victorian bandstand, drinking fountain and the park's 12 historic lampposts have all been recently refurbished and the results speak for themselves. All of the items have been made by Kirkintillis Lion Foundry. The foundry was famous during the Victorian era for its decorative ironwork and the company donated the bandstand, drinking fountain and lamppost to the people of Kirkintillis in 1905. However, the items were beginning to show some signs of deterioration and an area of repairs to each structure was carried out by a specialist conservation company to preserve each item's integrity for future generations to enjoy. The bandstand was the most challenging of the restoration works 
and involved, amongst other things, cleaning and repointing the whole base of the bandstand, making metalwork and timber repairs to the roof, as well as fixing all the broken pipework on the structure. The whole bandstand was then repainted. Councillor Pamela Marshall, Vice Convener of Place, Neighbourhood and Corporate Assets said, Peel Park plays a key role in Kirkintel's vibrant heritage and culture. This wonderful restoration work help brings, helps bring the park's fascinating history to all. This wonderful restoration work helps bring the park's fascinating fascinating history to life. Excuse me. All the structures look stunning and it's great to see them restored to their former glory. It's interesting to see how much of the finer detail you can see now that it has been re- has been highlighted during the restoration work using different gold coloured paint and gold leaf. The reaction of park users to this refurbishment has been positive so far and many have stated that the park as a whole looks magnificent. Short stories deadline set. Time is running out to be part of our project which aims to showcase the creative writing talents of the local autistic community. Eastern Bartonshire Health and Social Care Partnerships local area coordinators are on the lookout for short story submissions, maximum length 600 words on the theme of reflections. Stories will be compiled and printed in a booklet as part of the 2022 Festival of Celebration showcasing the artistic achievements of autistic people and individuals with learning disabilities and mental health issues locally as well as the organisations that support them. The deadline for entries is the end of September, so now is the right time to get creative. For more information about the project or to send in submissions, please contact the local area coordinators directly via the webpage www.easternbarton.gov.uk forward slash news forward slash write stuff. Please send in short stories by 30th of September to be considered via the webpage. Flu vaccine invites for two to five-year-olds. NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde is encouraging parents and carers of children aged two to five to ensure their child is vaccinated against flu ahead of winter. Appointment letters are now arriving at homes inviting children aged two to five who are not yet in school to come forward for the free flu vaccine, which is given as a painless nasal spray. The letters will include details of where and when the vaccine will be given. Parents and carers can reschedule their child's appointment by contacting the phone number in their letter. Dr Amelia Crichton, Director for Public Health at NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde, said Flu can be serious even for healthy children and young people. That's why all children aged 2 up to secondary school people in S6 have been offered the flu vaccine. I would urge all parents and carers of children aged 2 to 5 to look out for their child's appointment letter and get their child vaccinated ahead of winter. The flu vaccine helps prevent your child getting sick with flu and needing time off nursing or childcare. And it helps reduce the risk of your child spreading flu to family and friends who are more vulnerable. The flu virus is always changing, so they need to get the vaccine every year to help them stay protected. Children aged two years and older are usually given the flu vaccine as a nasal, nose spray into each nostril. It's quick and painless and there's no need to sniff or inhale the vaccine. It'll just feel like a tickle on the nose. In a small number of cases, the nasal spray may not be suitable and the vaccine can be given as an injection in the arm instead. Almost all children will only need one dose of the flu vaccine. 
All medicines, including vaccines, are tested for safety and effectiveness before they're allowed to be used. Once they're in use, the safety of vaccines continues to be monitored by the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regularity Agency, MHRA. The nasal split flu vaccine has been used safely since 2014. Millions of doses of the vaccine have been given to children in the UK. For more information about the flu vaccine, visit www.nhsinform.scot slash child hyphen flu or call 0800 030 8013. Residents change. Residents in 14 Abbeyfield shared houses, including Easter Bartonshire, where the average age is 88, have voted overwhelmingly to join Blackwood Homes and Care. A secret ballot of 106 Abbeyfield residents earlier this year saw them vote by a 99% majority to transfer to Blackwood. Now the move has been completed to become part of independent living specialist Blackwood, which is Scotland's most tech-focused care and housing provider. Nan Smith, Chair of Abbeyfield Scotland, said, After much discussion and focusing on what matters most for our residents, they have now got a great solution for the future. The consultation was not only extensive, but incredibly important to our residents who wanted their voices and opinions to be heard, which they were. Still Life Exhibition Local people from Eastern Partnership, along with visitors to the area, are being invited to explore culture, and the natural environment as part of a new exhibition. Still Life by Rachel Mimiak is on at the Lily Art Gallery in Mogai from September the 3rd to November the 3rd. Many will recognise the artist Scholars Rocks, which form part of the Trails and Tales project and are set upon wooden plinths in Mogai, Torrens and Bulldarnock. Rachel's new exhibition is formed from reflections upon artefacts within the cultural landscape taking inspiration from Islanderware ceramics and the environment from which these were created. Engaging with selected ceramics from the Lily Art Gallery's permanent collection, the exhibition offers visitors an immersive experience which considers how we interact with what we take from the land and how our cultural growth impacts upon the natural environment. Jim Neal, Chair of Eastern Barnes's Leisure and Culture Trust said, I hope people will th- enjoy this fascinating and thought-provoking new exhibition at the Lily. We're delighted to be able to offer such high quality cultural opportunities at our venues. Rachel will be giving a public talk about the exhibition on Saturday, September the 17th from 2.30pm at the venue. Rachel is a Glasgow based artist whose work encompasses self-directed initiatives and collaborative community projects. Underlying themes in her studio practice include landscape, nature and survival. Rachel often works with designers, writers and drama practitioners in education contexts, as well as undertaking public artwork research and projects relating to creative spaces and play. The Lily Art Gallery, Station Road, Mulgai, is open Tuesday to Saturday 10am to 1pm, apart from Wednesday, and 2pm to 5pm, close Sunday, Monday and Wednesday morning. For more information, check online. Shock at underpayments. Eastern Berkshire MP Amy Callaghan has tabled questions at Westminster calling on the UK government to explain why as many as 60,000 Scots may have been underpaid £3,803 each in attendance allowance. 
The underpayments were revealed in a National Audit Office report. Miss Callaghan described the level of underpayment as shocking and said the new Prime Minister must get a grip of the woefully inadequate UK social security system. This is an issue likely to disproportionately impact Eastern Bartonshire people, with the number of local people of retirement age significantly higher than the Scottish and UK averages. Miss Callaghan said, Attendance allowance is supposed to help people suffering ill health, make it easier for them to stay at home. It's simply not good enough that people are missing out on what they are due. The Gazette has reached out to the Department for Work and Pensions. Cost of living crisis. Fuel prices are set to surge. By Andrew Dowdswell, data reporter. The average household in Eastern Bartonshire could spend more than £4,000 per year on their energy bill when the new price cap comes into effect in October, analysis suggests. Ofgem, the UK's energy regulator, announced last week that they'll increase the energy price cap from October the 1st. It means the maximum price a supplier can charge for electricity will rise on average from 28p per kilowatt hour to 52p per kilowatt hour, while gas will increase from 7p to 15p per kilowatt hour. Including standing charges, it means that average households' energy costs and variable tariff in the UK will increase by 80% from £1,971 to £3,549 per year. Energy charity National Energy Action said millions now face a big freeze and urged the government to act immediately to provide greater support ahead of the winter. Energy usage varies throughout the UK. We've studied local figures to work out how much an average household might pay in your area. Department for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy figures show that average household in Eastern Bartonshire used a median of around 3,051.7 kilowatt hours of electricity and 15,796.22 kilowatt hours of gas in 2020. A kilowatt hour is the amount of energy required to provide one kilowatt of power for one hour and the median, the middle number in the series, is used to ensure the figures are not skewed by extreme highs or lows. One kilowatt would run an average oven for around 30 minutes. At current prices, it means the average household in a variable tariff in the area would be paying around £2,220 per year to heat and fuel their home. But, when the price cap increases in October, this will soar to an approximate £4,230. Households on a fixed energy tariff will pay for energy at their current rate until the term comes to an end. Adam Scorer, Chief Executive of the NEA, said the scale of harm caused by soaring prices needs to sink in and that warm homes will be a pipe dream for many this winter as they wrestle with higher tariffs. Without bold action to support the most vulnerable and those in the lowest incomes, this will effectively prise their fingers from the cliff edge and push them over the precipice, Mr Scorer added. The government needs to immediately upgrade the household support package it first announced back in May. Households need money in their pockets to weather the storm or we are going to see millions in dangerously cold homes suffering in misery with unimaginable debt and ill health. Energy consultancy firm Cornwall Insights expects the price cap to rise dramatically again in January and April with yearly energy costs reaching £5,400 and then £6,600 for the average UK household. 
it would mean annual domestic fuel costs will have more than tripled in one year. Property prices up. House prices increased slightly by 0.5% in Eastern Bartonshire in June. The rise contributes to the longer term trend, which has seen property prices grow by 11.4% over the last year. The average Eastern Bartonshire house price in June was £259,022, land registry figures show, a 0.5% increase on May. Over the month, the picture was different to that across Scotland, where prices increased 2.2%, and Eastern Bartonshire was at the lower than the UK rise of 1%. Over the last year, the average sale price of property in Eastern Bartonshire rose by £26,000, putting the area's 25th among Scotland's 32 local authorities. Knowing these symptoms could help save lives. A leading sepsis charity and the Scottish Government have marked the start of Sepsis Awareness Month in Scotland by launching a new national awareness campaign. The first joint campaign since before the COVID-19 pandemic, it aims to help save lives by increasing public awareness of sepsis and how to recognise the key symptoms. Sepsis is a deadly condition which takes the lives of more than 4,000 people in Scotland every year. It occurs when the body's response to an infection spirals rapidly out of control, injuring its own tissues and organs, which can result in multiple organ failure and death. The five key symptoms highlighted in the September long campaign are confusion, not passing as much urine as normal, very high or low temperature, uncontrolled shivering and cold or blotchy arms and legs. If someone has any of these symptoms becoming noticeably worse, this could indicate sepsis and urgent medical attention should be sought. Sepsis research, FEET, previously worked with the Scottish Government on awareness campaigns in 2018 and 2019, reaching more than 1.3 million people across Scotland. Their latest partnership will build on this success with a nationwide multimedia campaign, which will include a commercial TV, radio, print and social media. Colin Graham, Sepsis Research FEET Chief Operating Officer said, Sepsis Research FEET is proud to mark the beginning of Sepsis Awareness Month with our new campaign in partnership with the Scottish Government. This will be our largest campaign yet and will help us reach an even greater number of people and educate them about the symptoms of sepsis that everyone in Scotland should know about. Sepsis is a devastating condition that can kill a previously healthy adult in hours. We're asking everyone in Scotland to get involved this year by sharing our awareness campaign and learning the five key symptoms to help save lives. Health Secretary Hamza Youssef kicked off the month-long campaign with a visit to the home of pioneering research study Jen Omic at the University of Edinburgh's Roslyn Institute. Major projects are all still on track, read by Ian McKenna. Eastern Bartonshire Council's major capital projects remain on track, according to a new report. The first phase of construction for the new Buckler Academy is complete and phase two, which involves the demolition of the old school as well as completion of sports pitches, external space and car parks in the new school, is due to be completed by June. Allender Leisure Centre remains on track, with current tasks including tiling the pool, internal partitions and mechanical and electrical installation. The surrounds and car parks are due to be finished in November. Work is progressing well in constructing the new additional support needs scale in Kirkintilloch, with the steel structure complete, along with stairs and decking.
It is due to be completed by June 2023. The project to provide a new grass pitch at Lucky Park in Kirkintilloch is almost complete, with some maintenance visits to be carried out. Kirkintilloch Community Sports Complex is also progressing well, with external works and the new changing pavilion currently underway. The main contractor for the Lennoxtown High Park project has been changed and this is currently undergoing feasibility studies prior to a planning application being submitted, which is expected this year. Refurbishment of Brookwood Villa is imminent following the completion of commercial negotiations. Once the project is completed, the building is expected to be leased to a community trust. The contractor for Phase 2 of the Mavis Valley project has also changed and similarly this is going to undergo feasibility studies. The new Bears Den, Balmudi and Mulgai Primary Schools are all in pre-construction with teams carrying out surveys, engaging with stakeholders and preparing funding bids. The replacement Westerton Primary School is also in pre-construction and a main contractor and project design team have been appointed as is also the case for Twicker Outdoor Pursuit Centre where negotiations are underway with a third-party landowner to arrange surveys. The update was provided to the Council's Policy and Resources Committee at a recent meeting along with those councillors in attendance. Possum Charity A leading Scottish community retailer is hoping to get tongues and tails wagging with the announcement of its new charity partnership. ScotMed has taken the lead and chosen Guide Dogs as its barkingly brilliant charity companion with plans to raise £250,000 over the course of the year-long partnership. The funding will enable Guide Dogs to train three new habilitation specialists as well as two Guide Dog mobility specialists who will help and support hundreds more people in Scotland who are living with sight loss. Guide Dogs habilitation specialists Staff support children and young people with a vision impairment, providing them with the skills they need to live an independent and active life and helping them reach their full potential. Darius is honoured in the Scottish Parliament. Multi-talented singer-songwriter Darius Campbell Dinesh, who was brought up in Eastern Bartonshire, has been honoured in the Scottish Parliament. Darius, who rose to fame through TV talent shows Pop Stars and Pop Idol, Passed away suddenly in Minnesota, USA last month at the tragically young age of 41. Trathkelvin and Bears Day and SMP, MSP Rona Mackay paid tribute to the star's outstanding contribution to the arts in a motion to Parliament which was supported by cross-party MPSPs. The motion read that the Parliament offers its sincere condolences to the family and friends of multi-talented singer-songwriter, actor and film producer Darius Campbell Dinesh from Bears Den who passed away at the tragically young age of 41 in Minnesota, USA, on 11th of August 2022. The motion acknowledges his outstanding contribution to the arts, including the accolade of having his debut album Dive in, being certified platinum in the UK in 2004, and his first singer, Colourblind, topping the UK charts. Also celebrates his enormous contribution to theatre, including, in 2005, becoming the youngest actor to fill the role of Billy Flynn in the history of the West End production of Chicago at the age of 25. We also recognise his lasting impact as an ambassador for the Prince's Trust, helping disadvantaged youth, as well as supporting the Lymphoma Association and Cancer Research UK. The SNP MSP expressed her condolences to his family and friends 
and paid tribute to the phenomenal support of his parents, Avril and Booth, and brothers Aria and Cyrus, in encouraging and supporting Darius to pursue his dreams. The motion also expressed every kind of wish of comfort to all those whose lives Darius touched in the constituency of Strathkelvin and Bearsden and beyond. The funeral of the star took place at the Bearsden Cross Parish Church on August 25th, when around 100 family members and friends gathered for a service to celebrate his extraordinary life. The singer's coffin was piped in as a lone piper, played Caledonia, and close friend, actor Gerard Butler, was among the mourners. He posted on social media, I am devastated by the sudden passing of my dear friend Darius, a true brother in arms. Opinion Let's talk. This week's letters page from the Kirkintilloch and Bishop Briggs Herald. Please stop the jackdaw project. Sir, with heatwaves causing record-breaking temperatures across the UK this summer and droughts forecast for the future, the climate crisis should be at the forefront of our minds, bears the animal guy being particularly prone to flooding. The extreme temperature changes cause chaos up and down the UK with trains cancelled, roads and runways melting. This isn't normal. Research has shown that climate change makes heatwaves an intensive rain vastly more likely to happen. The likelihood is that it will both become more frequent and longer lasting in the next few years. One of the biggest causes of climate change is the extraction and burning of fossil fuels like coal, oil and gas, which, as a society, we rely on heavily. In order to reduce our emissions, halt climate change and bring down soaring gas prices, we must urgently transition away from our current fossil fuel based system and invest in an energy system powered by renewables and insulate wherever possible to reduce demand for energy. Scotland has historically been from a big producer of oil and gas from the North Sea, currently extracting around 18,000 barrels of oil and gas per day. Regulation of offshore oil and gas extraction is a power reserved to the UK government, and this autumn they will launch a new licensing round where energy companies can bid for licenses to develop even more new oil and gas fields. Climate scientists and world leaders such as the UN Secretary-General, are clear that we must stop approving new fossil fuels projects like Jackdaw in Scotland. We must instead invest in renewables and energy efficiency projects, such as home insulation. However, the fossil fuel industry is a huge employer across Scotland, and for many people in the west of Scotland, livelihoods depend on using fossil fuels to power vehicles and machinery. We can't just turn off the tap and not see oil and gas. Oil and gas workers need access to jobs in green industries and everyone needs affordable alternatives to using fossil fuels in our everyday lives. That's why a just transition is so important, so that workers and ordinary people don't lose out in the phase out of fossil fuels. The good news is that alternative technologies such as renewable energy generation and energy efficiency measures already exist and are ready to be scaled up. And new renewables are four times cheaper than gas, we could have a safer climate and a lower energy bills for good. We just need the government to act, and we need our local MPs to take a stand against the new oil and gas fields. Just like I am. Right now, people across the country are taking action against the UK government's recent approval of Shell's Jackdaw gas field, which should produce enough gas to equal half the annual emissions of Scotland. I'm joining them. Jackdaw will do nothing to make it lo- to lower our bills. It'll just make shell shareholders and CEOs even more profit or worsening the climate crisis. 
The people of Beers Den and Mungai deserve a safe future and affordable energy. Right now we've got neither. The UK public, the Scottish Government and the increasingly fossil fuel industry workers want a transition to clean, affordable, renewable energy as soon as possible. It seems that it's only the UK Government and the oil and gas industry shareholders that don't. Yours etc. Emma Shepherd via email. Stop freebies for EV cars. Sir, a report by the Breakdown Service, the RACE, showed that with the increased price of electricity, it will cost more to travel long distances in an electric car than a petrol one, even before factoring in the much higher purchase price for electric cars. However, many EV owners do not pay for all their vehicles to electricity, but have been subsidised by the income taxpayers, council taxpayers and of course, everyone pays 20% in VAT. Supermarkets have free charging points, as do railway stations, but why are councils squandering our council tax on providing free electricity and free parking? Free electricity for EV owners must stop immediately, especially since electricity prices have nearly doubled and people are having to decide whether to heat or eat. Yours etc. Clark Cross by email. Wasted taxpayers' cash. Sir, in the putrid days of rotting refuse in our streets, as people want only to throw the rubbish onto them, it is gratifying to know that one household does not have a worry about waste disposal. The bins at Butte House, the First Minister's official residence, are emptied by a private wastefront removal film funded by taxpayers costing £43 million. What was it Orwell said about some animals being more equal than others? Yours etc. Jill Stevenson via email. Happy birthday to New Day vocalists. Our local vocal harmony group are celebrating their 40th anniversary with a special concert in the New Cumbernauld Theatre at the Lantern House in September. New Day were formed back in 1981 from the nucleus of the Kirkintilloch High School Magical Group by music teacher Mr Ronnie Robertson. New members were added from Kirkintilloch High School and then from Bishop Briggs High School where Mr Robertson became principal teacher of music there. Although the lineup has changed over the years, some of the original members from the early days are still singing with the group. The group's easy listening sound has developed from their early a cappella style of singing to a wider repertoire that includes Scottish songs, Glenn Miller tunes, songs from musicals and popular music from the 50s, 60s and 70s too. Over the years, the group have provided entertainment locally and at venues across central Scotland, including the Mitchell Theatre, and the Piping Centre in Glasgow, the Fort Theatre in Bishop Briggs and, more recently, in Cumbernauld Theatre. They have made recordings of some of their most popular songs and have featured on Radio Clyde. The group are looking forward to their Covid-delayed 40th anniversary concert, but it will be tinged with sadness as their founder sadly passed away after a short illness in July 2020. The concert will be a tribute to him and a celebration of the songs they have, they have performed over the years. In addition to his role as musical director, conductor, arranger and accompanist with New Day, Mr Robinson was also a much respected teacher in primary and secondary schools in Kirkintilloch and Bishop Briggs, who will be sadly missed. In his memory, New Day have denoted, denoted prizes to be awarded annually to an outstanding pupil in music at Kirkintilloch High School and Bishop Briggs Academy. Earlier this year, New Day were fortunate to find a new musical director, Mr Stuart Gray, 
who is preparing to lead the group in its new f- into the, this new phase of their history. Tickets for the concert on Friday, September the 9th are available from Cumbernauld Theatre at Lantern House, www.lanternhousearts.org slash events slash new hyphen day slash Have your say on death by driving. The Scottish Sentencing Council is holding a public consultation on Scotland's first offence guideline which covers offences causing death by driving. The draft guidelines sets out sentencing ranges to assist judges when deciding sentences for the statutory offences involved causing death by driving. A 12-week consultation has now opened for members of the public and interested organisations to have their say in the draft guideline before it's finalised. Lady Dorian, Council Chairwoman and Lord Justice Clark said, This guideline will bring significant benefits to both the public and to the court. Causing death by driving offences are very serious in nature and are of significant public concern. They can be amongst the most complex and emotive cases before the court and the guideline that explains how the sentences are decided, listing some of the factors taken into account, will be helpful to public understanding. The guideline will also assist in relation to the predictability of a sentence. In court, the guideline will assist judges in making what, at times, can be challenging sentencing decisions. There can be a significant difference between the harm caused, in these cases a fatality, and the culpability or level of blame of the offender. It is vital to us that we get the widest possible range of views and I would urge people to take this opportunity to help shape our first offence guideline, which will also serve as a template for future offence guidelines. To have your say, visit www.consultations.scottishsentencingcouncil.org.uk by November the 22nd. Music Weekend opens 75th season. Mulgai Music Club is looking forward to an exciting Chamber Music Music Weekend to open its 75th anniversary season. The club's concert season at Cairns Church Mulgai begins on Friday, September 30th with the Jubilee String Quartet, a brilliant young group from London who will play great quartets by Hayden and Schubert and a striking short piece based on Jewish themes by leading Czech composer Sylvie Bodorova. Tickets are online from the club's website www.mulgaimusic.org and in person at the Honeybee 48 Station Road, Mulgai. The next day, Saturday, October 1st, the Jubilee Quartet, who took their name from the London Underground's Jubilee Line, will lead a special day-long, lead a special day-long string quartet event for local amateurs and students. The day at Bearsden Cross Parish Church will be free of charge and is expected to attract string players of all ages from the local area. The group are inspired by working with amateurs and young people and the day will include chamber music coaching sessions for both adult and school-age string players, informal discussions and performance of chamber music for all instrumental levels from easy to advanced. Further details on the Jubilee String Quartet Day can be found on the Music Club website. The String Quartet Day is also the launch event for Mogai Music Club's new initiative, The Music Hub, a weekly Tuesday night club within the club for local amateur musicians to become involved in chamber music. Further info and details are available on the Mogai Music Club's website at www.mogaimusic.org. 
Rebecca wants to help others. Rebecca Hopkins, who was supported through cancer by the stars of Netflix TV hit show Cobra Kai, has been chosen to launch a campaign in Scotland to help save lives. To mark Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, this September, nine-year-old Rebecca is backing TK Maxx's Give Up Clothes for Good campaign in support of Cancer Research UK for children and young people. Her family are encouraging the public to donate any pre-loved quality fashion and homeware to their nearest TK Maxx store. When sold in Cancer Research UK shops, each bag could raise up to £25. Rebecca was diagnosed with leukaemia on October 10th, 2020. It meant losing her long hair to the side effects from treatment after starting chemotherapy at the Royal Hospital for Children in Glasgow. But the thing which kept her going through long weeks away from school pals was Cobra Kai, a sequel to the original Karate Kid movies. That's why Rebecca, known as Bex, was all smiles when a video chat was fixed up with 21-year-old Zolo Maraduena, who plays Miguel Diaz in the hit series. The call from California was organised by staff at the Les Hoy Dreammaker Foundation and the stars of Cobra Kai have kept in touch with Rebecca ever since. Rebecca is one of 140 youngsters who are diagnosed with cancer in Scotland every year. Her mum, Claire McKendry, understands all too well the importance of, of new discoveries. Claire, 29, said, Hearing the words, your child has cancer, is the worst moment ever. But Bex was brave right from the start. She's an absolute delight of a little girl who is loved by everyone. We're counting the weeks now until she can ring the bell next February. Rebecca is now in remission from acute lymphoblastic leukaemia, a cancer of the white blood cells. Cancer Research UK celebrates its 20th anniversary in 2022. However, its history dates back to the Imperial Cancer Research Fund in 1902. Children's cancer survival in the UK has more than doubled since the 1970s, when just over a third of children survived beyond 10 years. Today, it's around 8 in 10. Find out more at cruk.org forward slash children and young people. Scottish Child Payment pays out £84 million. A total of £84 million has been paid to families since the Scottish Child Payment was introduced less than 18 months ago. The payment of £20 per week, unique to Scotland and the UK, began in February 2021 as a direct measure to tackle child poverty. It provides regular, additional financial support to parents and carers to help with the cost of caring for a child. As of June 30th this year, it is estimated that 104,000 children were actively in receipt of Scottish child payment and 1.4 million payments have now been made. By the end of this year, the payment will increase to £25 per week and extend to include all eligible children under the age of 16, when it is expected that over 400,000 children will potentially be eligible. Deputy First Minister John Swinney said, We want to support dif- families during these difficult times. District News General Triumphant Swimmers Return Scottish swimmers returning after a successful Commonwealth Games hope recent achievements will inspire the next generation of swimmers. Learn to Swim programme ambassadors Duncan Scott and Tony Shaw are using their profile to encourage youngsters across the country to take to the water and learn to swim. The National Learn to Swim programme, a partnership between Scottish Swimming and Scottish Water, is delivered by local authorities, leisure trusts and swimming lesson providers throughout Scotland. The programme, 
which is promoted by Ambassadors Duncan and Tony, aims to help children of all ages and abilities become confident, safer and more competent swimmers. Duncan, who comes home as Scotland's most successful Commonwealth Games athlete of all time, returns with six fresh medals, including two golds. He has tallied up 13 Commonwealth medals since 2014. It comes after he became Team GB's most successful athlete ever from a single Olympic Games with his 2021 Tokyo Hall. He said, After competing in worldwide events, it's so nice to be able to come back to the grassroots and motivate those at the beginning of their swimming journey. Whether youngsters simply become regulars at the pool, or if this involvement inspires the next generation of competitive swimmers, only good things can come from encouraging more children into the water. Duncan started his swimming journey in South, South Ayrshire, where he learned to swim at Trun Swimming Pool alongside his sister and he often states that competitive sibling rivalry spurred him on to achieve his best at swimming from a young age. Tony secured a bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham in the women's 100m freestyle S9 para swimming event and placed fourth in the individual medley. At just 14 years old, Tony Shaw first competed at the Commonwealth Games in 2018 in the Gold Coast. She said, It's fantastic to play an important role in the promotion of swimming across the country. The next chapter of Learn to Swim is to build a real legacy for Scotland. For more information on the Learn to Swim programme, visit www.learntoswim.scot. Family Announcements Deaths McMullen Rose Peacefully on August 26th, 2022 at Marie Curie Hospital, beloved wife of late Jim, a much-loved mum of Kevin, Martin, Kerry, and an adored gran. Funeral service will take place on Friday, September 9th, 2022, at Co-op Funeral Care, Kirkintulloch, for 10.30am, thereafter to Glasgow Crematorium, Mary Hill, for 11.30am. Acknowledgements Smith, William Pat, Vincent, Patrick and Martin would like to thank all relatives, friends and neighbours for their support during Willie's long illness and for the beautiful cards and flowers they have received. To the staff of the Royal Infirmary, to Nicola, Fiona and all staff at Campsy View Care Home for their care and compassion. To Father Hannah for all his kindness to the staff at Haston Golf Club, and to Jane D. Lawson for their professional and caring manner. Public Notices Planning Notices Eastern Martinshire Council Public Notices Taxi Operators Wanted in Eastern Martinshire Eastern Martinshire Council is now accepting applications for taxi operator licences. A taxi operator licence is a licence required for the operation of a vehicle as a taxi in the Eastern Bartonshire area. On the 30th of September 2019, a cap was introduced on the number of taxi operator licences issued by the Council. Following the COVID-19 pandemic, the number of licences in Eastern Bartonshire has fallen below the cap. The Council is now inviting applications for taxi operation licence.
The application period will be open until the 31st of October 2022, unless the cap is reached earlier, at which stage the application period will close. There are around 90 licenses available. During this application period, applications will be taken on a first-come, first-served basis, based on the completed application. And applicants can make applications for up to two operator licenses only. This is to ensure that the opportunity is open to all. In order to support new applicants, the Council will relax a number of requirements for the new applications for a temporary period. In particular, applicants do not require complete the purchase of a vehicle until confirmation that a license will be granted. This means that you do not have to purchase a vehicle before applying. However, you will have to provide details of the make and model of vehicle you intend to license to ensure that it is permitted. You will need to provide full details of the vehicle, including appropriate ownership papers, prior to the license being granted and plates issued. Applications received after the cap has been reached will be added to the Council's waiting list. The application itself will not be processed and any application fee will be returned. For full details on how to make an application, please visit the Council's website at www.eastonbarton.gov.uk forward slash business forward slash licensing hyphen permits forward slash taxi hyphen or hyphen private hyphen hire hyphen operators. Eastern Bartonshire Council Taxi Fair Review Eastern Bartonshire Council is undertaking a review under Section 17 of the Civic Government Scotland Act 1982 of the maximum scales of fares and other charges that can be made in connection with the hire of a taxi in its area. The first stage of the review has been completed and new scales were proposed by the Council's Policy and Resources Committee on the 25th of August 2022. The Council proposes to increase the scales from current scales. The proposed new scale are set out in full below. There will now be a period of public consultation between Monday the 5th of September 2022 and Wednesday the 5th of October 2022. Members of the public are invited to make representations in relation to the proposed scales. The Council will consider all representations received prior to the 5th of October 2022 before reaching a final decision on the new scales. These will come into effect on the date determined by the Council's Policy and Resource Committee when it meets to consider the response to the public consultation. If you wish to make representations in respect to the proposed scales, please send them by email to taxiconsolation, that's T-A-X-I-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-A-T-I-O-N at eastonbarton.gov.uk or in writing to Karen Donnelly, that's K-A-R-E-N-D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer to the Council, Eastern Martinshire Council, 12 Strathkelvin, Kirkintalloch, G66 1TJ. 
to arrive no later than Wednesday the 5th of October 2022. Proposed Scales Tariff 1 Applicable between the hours of 6am and 11pm Minimum Fare For a distance not exceeding 572 yards or for time not exceeding 2 minutes and 30 seconds or a combination of parts and such distance and such time £3.30 for each additional 174 yards, 20 pence. Fares for waiting. For each completed period of 39 seconds, 20 pence. Note the above rates include for engagement of taxi at any point within Eastern Barnshire. Waiting begins from the time of arrival of the taxi at the place of engagement. Engagement of the taxi at a point without Eastern Barnshire shall be subject to a special agreement. Fares by time. Fares by time must be subject of special agreement with their hire. Tariff 2. Applicable between the hours of 11pm and 6am. Minimum fare for a distance not exceeding 572 yards or for time not exceeding 2 minutes and 30 seconds, or a combination of parts of such distance and such time. £5.50 For each additional distance of 174 yards. 20 pence. Fares for waiting for each completed period of 39 seconds. 20 pence. Tariff free. Applicable between the hours of 6pm and midnight on the 24th of December and 31st of December and the hours of 6am and midnight on the 25th and 26th of December and the 1st and 2nd of January. Minimum fare for a distance not exceeding 572 yards or for time not exceeding 2 minutes and 30 seconds or a combination of parts of such distance and such time. £5.50 For each additional distance of 174 yards 35 pence Fares for waiting For each completed period of 39 seconds 35 pence Tariff 4 Applicable between the hours of midnight and 6am on the 25th and 26th of December and the 1st and 2nd of January Minimum fare for a distance not exceeding 572 yards or for time not exceeding 2 minutes and 30 seconds or a combination of parts of such distance and such time. £8.90 For each additional distance of 174 yards, 35 pence. Fares for waiting for each completed period of 39 seconds, 35 pence. Extra charges. A charge of £2.20 shall be payable when a taxi is pre-booked but not used. Luggage not exceeding £56 in weight shall be carried free. A charge of £20 shall be payable for luggage exceeding £56 in weight. Hire commencing or ending at Glasgow Airport drop-off slash pickup zone £4. Soiling charge, 
50 pound. Members surgeries. Ward 7, Kirkintilloch East and North and Twicker, Stuart MacDonald. 14th of September, The Hub, William Patrick Library, Room 1. 4pm till 4.30pm. 14th of September, 2022, Here Stains Huts, 4.45pm till 5.15pm. Ward 7, Kirkintilloch East and North and Twicker, Susan Murray. 10th of September, Hillhead Community Centre, 9.30am till 11am. 10th of September, Twicker Healthy Living Centre, 11.30am until 1pm. Planning Applications Format Application number, followed by address location, followed by proposal, followed by type of advert, followed by period of reps. TPED220426 Rook Villa, Washington Road, Kirkintilloch, Eastern Bartonshire, G661AE, Erection of Replacement Extension, Section 65, Affecting CA 21 Days. The application plans and other documents can be viewed online through the Council's website. The current restrictions on non-essential office work associated with the coronavirus pandemic means that plans cannot be viewed in the Council offices as normal. Written comments may be made within the above period to the Council through the Council's website or to the above address. Any representations will be treated as public documents and made available for inspection by interested parties and may also be published on the Council's website. Road test. Volvo C40 recharge pure electric. Going green as easy as ABC with a C40. Volvo's a vegan vehicle makes the transition to EV a breeze, says Carmel Stewart. The great thing about Volvo's pure electric C40 recharge the company's first only all-electric vehicle is that it is very easy to drive. The not-quite-so-great thing is that the prices start at £47,100 for the entry-level single-motor core model, add £6,000 to step up to the plus trim, and £9,600 to the entry-level price for the top-notch Ultimate, opt for the AWB twin-motor version, and you could be paying £61,950 that's a hefty price tag by anyone's standards. So, what do you get for your money? Well, first up, it's a Volvo, so it almost goes without saying that it's well put together, using quality materials. Nothing cheap, tacky or plasticky here. In keeping with Volvo's green credentials, the carpets are made from recycled material, and there is no leather anywhere, which makes it a vegan-friendly car, apparently. Styling of the SUV variety, but with a slightly lower-end roofline and new front-end. Inside, the, the driver has a familiar high driving position and all five occupants have benefits of extremely comfortable, economically designed seats. It is a light and airy place to be, thanks to the large window screen and standard-fit panoramic sunroof. The absence of an engine has allowed for two boot spaces, one at the back and another at the front. This latter... It recommended storage space for the charging cables, leaving the flat loading rear clear for shopping and lo luggage. 
The front-wheel drive C40 is powered by a single-motor combination with a 69-kilowatt-hour battery that can be fast-charged to 80% capacity in about 28 minutes. Power adds up to 231 horsepower. The range is up to 272 miles, but the technology is such that the figure may well improve over time as the connectivity sophistication of the software allows for adjustments to be made remotely. The all-in-one drive version has twin motors, one on each axle, plus a 78kWh battery with a total power output of 408hp and a range of up to 278 miles. But, at present, the twin version does not feature in the Volvo website. It has been temporarily removed so the company can catch up with the outstanding orders. It'll be back up in October, they say. SatNav is included in the price and is displayed on a 9-inch screen which gives access to all the apps and in-car information. The driver's instrumentation is displayed on a 12-inch screen. Both are clear and easy to read. The extensive standard spec includes a theft tracker. Behind the wheel is simplicity itself. Into drive, off and off you go. And being that this car is based on the XC40, means that it drives much the same. Smooth, comfortable and composed. Not for the boy racers maybe, but for the rest of us a delightfully untroubled driving experience. For those who have immersed in internet buying, the C40 Recharge can be ordered online via volvocars.com, although a test drive is always to be recommended. This is Volvo's first purely electric car, but it won't be the last. The company plans to have an all-electric range by 2030. The car in fact, Volvo C40 Recharge Pure Electric, price from £47,100, engine, single motor plus 69kW battery, power, 231 horsepower, torque, 330 Nm, range, 272 miles, transmission, automatic, Top speed 112 miles per hour, 0 to 62 miles per hour, 7.4 seconds, CO2 emissions 0. Break the Cycle An article written by Brian Yule and read by myself, Corey. Hundreds of cyclists participated in Social Bites Break the Cycle event from Glasgow to Edinburgh on Sunday which raises money to end homelessness across the UK. Following its successful inaugural ride last year, it returned bigger and better for 2022, with fundraisers signing up for Team Hoy or Team Tom Smith, and cycling a 66-mile route from Scotston Stadium through to BT Murrayfield. News for this year as well was the addition of the new 20-mile and 3-mile cycle routes, which helped to ensure there were fundraising opportunities for all ages and ability levels. Participants and their families were also treated to a festival atmosphere at the end site, with food and drink from some of the country's top suppliers, as well as a comedy routine from Elaine C. Smith and music from a range of local acts. Fitness guru Mr Motivator was also on hand to warm up the cyclists, 
at all start lines before they set off, and then again at BT Murrayfield to make sure everyone was warmed down and ready to relax and celebrate with friends and family. Former Scottish Rugby International and current Glasgow Warriors Managing Director Al Kellogg took part leading Team Tom Smith, which comprised rugby stars of yesteryear. 10% of all their fundraising is being donated to a trust set up by the Scottish rugby community in aid of Tom Smith's family, after the former Scotland, British and Irish Lions prop passed away in April. Kellogg from Bishop Riggs said, I'm really proud of Team Tom Smith and the efforts everyone in Glasgow Warriors have gone to to support Social Bites Break the Cycle campaign, which does so much to support those who need it most. There's still time to donate, so I encourage all Scottish rugby fans to give what they can to help us raise as much money as possible for the cause as well as supporting the creation of a trust for Tom Smith's family after his tragic passing. The total raise so far will include an anonymous donation of £500,000 towards Social Bites' plans to build a new village in Greater Glasgow, with fundraising open for the rest of the month and many virtual challenges being completed during the summer. Josh Littlejohn Social Bite CEO and co-founder said, What a thrill it has been to have Break the Cycle back bigger and better than ever before. We know times are tough at the moment for everyone, so we really do appreciate that so many people have gotten bored this year to fundraise. The money raised will help us provide vital support to people across the country who have experienced homelessness. This can be through a variety of means, from our plans to build two new villages to empowering people to employment, or by providing people with free, fresh food when they need it most. It's been fantastic to see so many people come together, and the hard work continues as we put the money to good use and help break the cycle of homelessness. We're all very grateful to all of our supporters and partners who have helped push the campaign forward, as well as the physical cycle routes Participants in this year's Break the Cycle were also able to take on virtual challenges. Attempts ranged from long-distance endurance challenges through to different exercise routines and daily fitness regimes. Sir Chris Hoy said, I've been a big fan of Social Bite and the work it does for a number of years now. From the very first sleep out event through the first Break the Cycle campaign last year. It's been really inspiring to meet all the other cyclists, to hear their stories and more about the impact the money raised will have. To find out more or donate, visit www.breakthecycle, which is B R E A K T H E C Y C L E. .co.uk That article written by Brian Yule Rob Roy Boss feels they were mugged An article written by Brian Yule Kirk and Tillich, Rob Roy Boss, Stuart Maxwell felt his side were mugged as they lost their first game of the WOSFL 
Premier Division season. Rob Roy hosted Glen Afton with Kerr McCormick giving the home side a second half lead, but the Ayrshire side came back to win 2-1. Maxwell said, We knew there would be a jump in the road at some point. I just told the boys to make sure when we did lose that the opposition had to play really well. Fair play to Glen Afton for winning the game, but they were far from outstanding, and that is disappointing from our point of view. Our standards have been really high of late, and while we weren't quite at that level, we controlled the game and threw everything at them, so it kind of feels like we've been mugged of the points. Rob Roy have no game this weekend. Individual errors cost Rosville the points in the first division as they travel to Johnson Borough. On 53 minutes, the home side took the lead and then scored twice in the final three minutes to make it 3-0. Rossville host Irvine Vicks in the South Challenge Cup on Friday night. Rossville Academy went down 9-0 at home to league leaders Therve Rovers in the 4th Division. They host Shots Bon Accord in the South Challenge Cup on Saturday. Rossville women are top of the SWF Championship after a 3-1 win at home to Livingston. Rachel Ash opened the scoring and while Livy equalised through Ashley Fish, goals from Kirsten Treanor and Trialist made sure of the three points. Rossville have no game this weekend. West Park United blew a two-goal lead to lose 3-2 away to Colsouth Athletic in the WOSFL 4th Division. The home side had a man dismissed in the first minute, and West Park took advantage to go two up. Colsouth pulled one back before West Park were also reduced to ten men. The host scored another two, and despite having another man sent off, were able to hang on. West Park have no game this weekend. Peters Hill grabbed the first point of the Premier League campaign at home to Auchinleck Talbot. The visitors took the lead through Stafford on 42 minutes, but just two minutes later, McKenna equalised and that was how it ended. Peters Hill host Vale of Clyde in the South Challenge Cup on Saturday, Ashfield beat Colsyth Rangers 3-1 at home in the second division. James Mulvey gave the home side the lead in the first half and a double from Johnny Black secured the points. Ashfield host Thorn Athletic in the South Challenge Cup on Saturday. Glasgow Persher beat Markirk 3-1 at home for their first division win of the season. Persher went behind after just three minutes, but equalised through Paul Butler. Craig Smith put them in front, and Butler sealed the points with a scissor kick from the edge of the box. Persher host kill winning Rangers in the South Challenge Cup on Saturday. That article written by Brian Yule. Emma selected to be a young ambassador. A Christen High pupil has been selected for the new cohort of Sports Scotland Young Ambassadors, who are set to help nurture the country's next generation of sport leaders. 
Emma Troop has been named in the 27 Strong Delivery Team and will help develop resources and training to influence new and existing young ambassadors for the year ahead, as well as support those delivering local sport. Throughout the month of September, six conferences across Scotland in Aberdeen, Inverness, Glasgow, Edinburgh and Stirling will take place, led by young people and will feature well-known athletes including volleyball player Lynn Beatty and cricketer Kwasim Sheikh. Young people are at the heart of these conferences. The delivery team, all aged 14 to 20, were selected earlier in the year and attended training sessions to prepare them to deliver sessions. All the workshops are delivered solely by the 27-member delivery team, who take the new young ambassadors through the content required to undertake the role within the schools and communities. Stuart Harris, Sports Scotland Chief Executive, said, Congratulations to the 27 young people who have been selected for our 2020 delivery team. Becoming a young ambassador is a fantastic role, as it provides opportunities to deliver new skills, builds confidence and meet like-minded people in sport. It is a programme we are all very proud that has helped develop younger people for nearly 10 years and wouldn't be possible without the National Lottery and Lottery players. Thank you for listening to this week's Kirk and Tell Herald podcast. Brought to you by q Review, print speaking to the blind. If you have any feedback, you're welcome to call us on 0141 772-3976 If you enjoyed this recording, feel free to subscribe to our channel.